This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. Luca Nation, you're going to get a treat today. These episodes where we're kind of meeting the guest on the fly, you know, we know about them, but we don't know of them, right? So today is uh, a very esteemed guest, a guest that I mean, we're talking here for 12 minutes offline behind behind uh, behind the scenes, and they're just tremendous value. This guy is a seasoned vet in the hobby, uh, and you're going to learn a little bit about the SGC 9.5 mantle that's ending in the next few days, a little bit of Derek Saturday. Brady's Saturday, the 27th of August. We're going to roll this way before. We uh, extended So. Derek Grady, Heritage Auctions, welcome to the show. It's it's truly a pleasure to have you. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. But guys, we also promised a little bit, a little something different, because Derek has probably spoken about this mantle ad nauseum. He's probably spoken about this. He's probably answered ad every nauseum. question every which way he can. So we're gonna try to find out some other stuff about Derek. You know, what it is that that what it is that floats his boat? You know, what is the gets Derek going? You know, is it the 48 Jackie? Probably not. You know, is it that 52 mantle? Probably not. Well, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We, He's know, a refractor guy. He's a gold kaboom ooh, guy. Yeah, he might be. You never know. I mean, maybe. You I'll know, take maybe me on like but I don't collect them. Shiny ultra modern stuff, you know. Maybe Derek is the leader of the kaboom cabal. You never know. <laughs> but you will know by the end of this episode. Sorry about that, Andrew. Derek, welcome. I appreciate you for coming. And, and just off camera, I express my my gratitude to Heritage Auctions. One of the, you know, one of the, one of the, auction houses that i've been bidding with for many 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 years um and i took advantage of a payment plan with you guys and helped some of my come up in cards many many moon ago so and that's what it's there that. for it's what it's there for and like i said some people look at a few percent interest as a big deal um you know you paid on your car payment you paid on your student loans you paid on your mortgage if that can help you get something don't don't not do it out of principle because it's going to, you know, over four months, I'm not even sure how much extra you paid, but it allowed you to buy something that went up tremendously in value. And if you didn't take advantage of that, you wouldn't own it. So what I did there, Derek, is I just bought us a minute because normally by minute two, Andrew has already asked the origin story. But I wanted to at least get something else in there before the two minute mark. So Andrew, I think we're gonna I, I think we're gonna end you. with I wanna end with oh, the we're end. story. <laughs> we're here we are, twenty two days. With the end and end with the beginning. I like it. Twenty two days after national. What's the month of August been like at Heritage, right? So you guys had that amazing booth, you had that cutout of mantle, you had the gorgeous display. You probably met thousands of people there at National. I feel what like was, it. What was National like? And more important, what was the month of August like for you at Heritage? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I have a pretty big job here and I'm working with hundreds of clients. And this has consumed me as far as, you know, just this card alone, uh, the whole process of, you know, getting it graded, flying down to SGC, um, then interviews with the AP and social media, you know, all kinds of, you know, podcasts, uh, you know, radio shows, um, 
just all kind of phone interviews, a little bit of everything. So this this card, and then you know, and then we had this you know major auction, and and that by the way, that was the first national that I couldn't go walk around and enjoy as a collector going around. I mean, I did the the radio show, I did that with those guys, um, and but it was mostly babysitting the mantle and talking to bidders about it, and then kind of watching the case and pulling every time I pulled out the card, there was a line of people that want to take pictures. So I became pretty good at using people's phones to take pictures. <laughs> Everybody, whether it was an 80 year old man or an eight year old kid, boy, girl, didn't matter. When you I know. stopped by, I tried to say hello to you. I was with the team from SGC when we walked over, I took a look at the okay. card, you name it, but I did not get the chance to, you know, shake your hand, say hello because Nat Turner. And you were chatting it up. So I know oh, yeah. my place. I know my place in the hobby. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to interrupt you and Nat having a conversation. No, I, I, know, I know. I had a good talk with Nat. You know, I, I would consider him a friend. You know, we we chat and, um, you know, but just typical business. So, Harry, Derek, I'm going to take this a different way. You ready? Because right. you've answered about this card a bunch of times. And I don't know whether or not any, I, I'm I'm nuts. People have said what makes it fun to listen here is that I don't make it a safe space, but Love I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it unsafe for you. I'm going to take this, I think a different way. I'm a freedom of speech guy. Nice. I'm a baseball fan, which Andrew thinks baseball is going to die. Folks like us grew up on baseball cards, watching baseball. You know, you spend time. You relax, if they keep tearing down their, their best players, they will die in 20 years. That's their best players best. are tearing themselves down. We have a dispute about that ongoing in the I'm show. A diehard, I'm a diehard NFL fan. That's my that's my sport. But, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a fan of all sports, but NFL is my favorite. I'm glad so NFL could be too. I'm talking about sport agents. My, my best example is Scott Boris. And Scott Boris sometimes is a little bit hated. Right, because of the way he transacts business, you name it. But you know who loves him? His clients love him. And ultimately, I believe other agents in the industry love him too. Why? Because he has to take the mantle. He has to take the torch. I use mantle on purpose there. Stay with me, Andrew. Don't fall asleep just yet. He has to take the torch and he has to move it forward. And by setting these new standards, he understands that he may have to hold out. He may have to talk to his client. He may have to talk to a specific athlete and say, this is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we're putting this out there. You are now an example that's going to set the bar for the sport, for the other players who play the sport, for the other contracts that come after you. This is why I dig my heels in, why I do what I do. Okay? Feel any of that, Derek, as the standard bearer, as the person with this mantle, as a person who is going to be the one that sets a record for any trading card public sale ever? Any of that going on in, in the back of your mind? You know, I mean, when we first got the card, the consigner absolutely i mean i was in competition too um this wasn't just we're going with heritage i had to make a proposal um with lee um who's you know one a vp vintage card expert on the east coast here with me and we made a proposal the second time down there and we got it and there was going to be he wanted five million dollars and i was like it's a raw card and we had to agree to sell it raw I'm going to get into some stuff here. So cool. bear with me. Great. Okay. So he has read online horror stories about grading. Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust the grading companies. He was He's read where there was never going to be a PSA 10 again. There's never going to be another nine where people get, you know, just the different stuff you hear that isn't necessarily true. Because, I, you know, I, obviously I worked at SGC for like, you know, eight years, two different times. And, you know, um, 
you know, the stuff that people say that can happen in a grading company that doesn't happen, you know, but they're the cards out of their sight. So they're, they're concerned. He didn't care if it got graded, doesn't need the money. Very successful. And I had to agree. Like so, Andrew. Yes. And well, he it, needs authenticity that that card is real. I said, I can, as a professional grader, I can sell that card and get away with it because I can authenticate it for heritage, but it would be the biggest mistake. And it's going to, the only people that could buy it is if Nat flies in Reza and somebody flies in Foreman from SGC and they have a greater view of the card. Other than that, nobody's going to have the balls to take a shot to buy this card that's not in a holder other than a grader, right? You shrink your potential buyer pool. Absolutely. By 90 99%. Yeah. So I said, we have to get this graded. There's not an option. By the way, if it would come back a grade we don't like, we'll go to another company. But I had to be very careful where I wanted to. He said, I don't even want to know about it. I said, just let me handle this. I know what I'm doing. Let me handle it. So... If it was graded a nine, first of all, I have one shot. If I submit it to PSA and they go on a witch hunt or look, they, I don't know if you've had submissions from PSA recently. It's one of the things I was talking to Nat about. They were, we've gotten some cards that have just gotten murdered. Um, just super strict. And again, it's about having 110 graders and turnaround time and going too fast. And there's not a lot of quality graders out there to hire and put asses in chairs and get stuff done the right way. And I'm getting back cards that are, you know, that I do. Five, sixes, sevens. Cage had a Marvel box. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just, come on. Cage, how many was it? It was like 120 cards, four came back tens. Yeah. But then someone else that I sent the cards to directly from the box break who didn't want to sub with us. They sub 37 of them themselves and got like a dozen or 15 or 18, yeah, 10, and, and that's, same and box. Same and that's what I was talking about. That's where we're at right now. I mean, look, I need to hire graders here at heritage to help me uh, process stuff. Um, and Foreman could always use graders and Nat, you know, Nat wants great. Everybody wants graders, but there's nobody really qualified. I mean, when I say nobody, there's not as many as needed. And there's a lot of graders at certain grading companies that aren't that good. Okay. You'd imagine, though, that a card like that comes in the door. PSA is going to find the right grader to look the card over. But I think what you're concerned the right is grader, the right grader can still murder it. But that's what I mean. That, I was just going to say, your concern I'm not, doing is... I'm not taking a shot. By the way, P- okay, first of all, by any metric you want to use, they have three tens out there. We know it's nicer than two of them. Period. This is okay. something I said on a recent episode also. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a fact. It's nicer than every night. Derek, can we go a little deeper? That the Are it's, the scans of the other two tens on uh, PSA? So if you go to the pop report, will you see the scans of the other two tens? I don't know. I know where the one's buried, um, but the other one was out at the National and then Fogel's 10. So let's just argue that Fogel's 10 is the best one. This, regardless of grade, is the second best 52 mantle on the planet. Okay, I don't, it was not graded 30 years ago. It was graded under the toughest post pandemic. Okay, because during the pandemic, grades were tighter than ever. They're still now finally go crack out a ton of cards that were graded two years ago and resubmit them, see what kind of grades you got. They'll probably be better. They were just murdering cards. Okay, so I have no, I submit this one. I know the guys who are going to grade it at SGC, Dave and Scott and Doug. At PSA, it's going to be Reza and whoever he's going to show it to. And if they go on, for whatever reason, some kind of a witch hunt, um, and they say 
altered stock or you know a five you know look well, at the just back. to be clear derek is not saying psa did this derek is not saying that psa has any reason to do this Correct. what he's saying is from his experience yeah this is a risk that he doesn't want to take And derek let me take yeah. the, this down the road for our listeners right because you have some amazing experience but let me just give just a real world example for our guys that i think will help uh, elucidate here help expound on the point that you're trying to make right so so I submitted a card to PSA a long time ago. Not a mantle that's a nine, not a mantle that looks like this, but a card that when I bought it, grading did not exist, right? And no one was thinking about what standards of grading there would be. It was a Shaquille O'Neal beam team card, right? That I bought at a show and I loved the display that it was in, right? I watched somebody take it out of a pack and put it in a display. It was at a giant stadium show. I don't know if it was national. I have no, it was a huge, huge show, right? And he, I watched him pull out a pack. I, I need this card. It was $100, right? I had pulled a Jordan myself. I was going to make the whole beam team set. And what he did was he put this like label maker, like a brother P-Touch, and he wrote Shaq and beam team on the two different labels. And he put it in this thick, lucite glass kind of screw down. It was like this thick. It was a chunky yeah. thing. And he put it right in the middle and said Shaq, beam team, and screwed in these four big screws on it. And I kept it in that for years. This was like one of the prized possessions. I bought it at a show. I paid a lot of money for it. I was a teenager when I bought it. It was a cool prized possession. So what they call it? Altered stock when you submitted it? I submitted it and they said altered. 100%. Yeah. Not and that then, it was altered, right? I, and I disagree. Let's let's yeah, let me please. so let me go back to the the thought. I did not so I'm thinking PSA is really tight right now. There's nothing wrong with the card. They're not, I don't think they're going to go on a witch hunt and reject it. If they 85 it I now I'm going to review it. I haven't had much luck with reviews, no matter what it looks like. So let's just say they nine it. If they nine it, it's lost in a sea of nines or six nines. They're basically saying we're PSA. We have three tens that are better or we would attend this. So they're already saying it's better. There's three tens better. So this can only be a nine in their holder because they're not going to attend it. Okay. Cause it, you know, there's, it's, I don't think it's a 10. I think it's a 9.5. SGC is a 9.5 grade. That is the reason is if I send it to PSA and get anything less than that, everybody can say you. it's your fiduciary responsibility to disclose to anybody that it was already submitted there. Yep. Okay. I get so they, it. So PSA says 8.5 or 9. I got to tell people it was submitted there. Here, I don't have to tell anybody it was submitted there because it never was. PSA so could have said older too, right? I mean, very easily. How, I bet well, you a they, guy they like this a, who, It would have been a farce. It would have been a joke. But based they on could, their yes, standards, anything, right? Anything like, can happen. Anything you have a guy who doesn't want grading. He could have had it in a lucite. I mean, people... I remember the first mantle it, that I saw was stored in exactly one of those. Here's the point. And I would tell Nat this. We've graded when we first... PSA used to grade cards out of screw downs all the time. We do it SGC. You know, we did it SGC. You were taught as a kid to put your cards in screw downs. That isn't altered for the love of God. It's not altered. It's protecting the card. Now, if you want to deduct a grade for it because it has shiny corners or because it has pressed down corners, then adjust the grade like SGC does. Calling it all altered when it was in a protective plastic is not the same thing as a card doctor. That's just ridiculous. But you should you should knock the grade for a screw down that you can tell it was in a screw down. But, you know, that's just something I I still can't believe they went in that direction with that with that because um, you were taught as a kid. I mean, I had hundreds and hundreds of cards in the 80s and 90s and screw downs. And then yeah. once I realized that if you screwed down color bordered cards like Jordan's and Jerry Rice rookies, 
they could come off on the screw down. So yeah. I remember one day just staying up all night, unscrewing the screw downs to get the cards free of that. And I did lose a couple of rice rookies in the process. Um, what well, didn't lose them, but they turned out to be like fives. I'm but curious. Yeah. Are yeah. you, um, Derek? So are you a liaison for the seller? Is that how this this relationship works? Are you an agent for the seller? Because like you take Golden, you take PWCC, you know they kind of sit in the middle, right? They they don't want to push too hard towards the buyer. They don't want to push too hard towards the Derek, seller. What he's asking is, you mentioned a fiduciary duty to disclose. Right. Who's that duty oh, to? No, no, Who do you owe a duty just, to? No, I owe that to the bidder. If the bidder asks, you got to tell them the truth. You can't go. It would be like having a item that's authenticated by um jsa and you showed it the PS, yeah, psa rejected it okay and you're selling it with a jsa you can't if somebody you're supposed to tell people the truth like hey by the way this was looked at and not you know you have to tell them that it was submitted elsewhere i didn't want to do that and say psa graded at this or they would be going around saying hey we graded it an eight we graded it a seven we graded it a nine here there's no issue. It was never submitted anywhere else other than SGC one time, got the right grade. And I count on them to be consistent. They're not as busy as PSA. They obviously have exploded. I mean, pre-pandemic, they were, what, 25 employees? Post-pandemic, they're 150 employees. They're obviously doing something right or the other companies are doing something wrong. Um, but I, but we do, we use, you know, um, I was talking to Nat about business. We submit cards to them. We submit a lot of stuff to SGC. We still submit a lot of stuff to PSA. But at the end of the day, I'm going to submit where I feel I know what I'm looking at, whether it's 19th century or ultra modern. I've been doing this forever. Um, you're going to murder the grades. I'm not going to submit to you. I don't care who it is. I represent the consigners and I know what their cards are going to grade. My team here knows what they're going to grade roughly. Okay. So if you're going to murder us, we're not going to send to you. And so, then, you know, and that's just what we do, you know, but I, I mean, again, and everybody goes through periods, you know, I think the thing with SGC is it's easier if I get killed on an order to review stuff, just, you know, I can, you know, call them up and be like, this is, this is a disaster. Okay. You know, so let me, Andrew, let me go here for one minute. Okay. And, and Derek, um, I try to put myself into the, into the ears of a listener and think I'm listening to you for the last five minutes. If I were a listener to this podcast, what would I be asking? If I were there, if I were hosting this, what would I be asking Derek? So, so let me run here and then I will put myself on mute and I'll let you go ahead and do it. My question was you as a, a mantle holder, <laughs> you as the person carrying the torch, you as the Scott Boris. And m my hope was that you were going to talk about, you know, let me run here for a sec. My hope is that you're going to talk about how this can open doors for the hobby, how this is going to be on, you know, Forbes magazine, and it's going to be on all over the internet. There's going to be articles like crazy, and that you have to do what you need to do to make sure that you are, you know, getting as much publicity, not just for this card and for your auction house, but for the hobby in general, because you're the one who's going to open doors for another record down the road, and you're going to have other auctions later in the year, and Ken Golden's going to sell stuff, and PWCC is going to sell stuff, and PSA is going to be selling cards, and SGC is going to be you know grading and selling cards and this is a great thing for the hobby it's fantastic for the hobby it's it, it's it's a proof of concept almost about how stuff works and how you name it and blah 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 and this is going to open doors and the hobby is just going to explode and big and we're going to have a higher selling card than uh, a bottle of wines ever sold for or that a comics ever sold for or that a watch is ever or whatever it may be right all this crazy stuff or cars right 
that it now is a legit collectible asset segment. But instead, instead, what the listener heard was maybe this isn't the place to put your money because the card that's going to set the record was where do I send it? And if I sent it here, it might have actually been worth less. And but I, I could review it and it could be altered. It's more about the container than the card. Well, I mean, that has no, I, I don't I don't think one has to do with the other. This is typical, first of all, most of the cards that are setting records are already in holders. Yep. Okay. That's still a, a separate asset class. True. This absolutely is exactly what you said is going to happen. Um, this card was raw. Mm-hmm. Big decision on where you're going to grade something as an auction company. Now, as a person that owns a card, if you're doing it as a collector, you can submit it here. Doesn't get the right grade, you submit it again. Doesn't get over, submit it again. Again, then you can use another service if you want to. I have one chance because I have to disclose. So, to the point of whether this this is absolutely great for the hobby. The AP with the Heritage Press and the AP with our PR machine, I should say, getting that AP exclusive interview and then going viral and then everybody picking it up. I mean, this was all over the world. And then at the national, the you know, we, this couldn't have been at a better time than at the national um, where we had it on its own little pedestal as soon as you come to our booth and people just lined up and took pictures like crazy. And it was the talk of the entire show. I've never seen in all my years at nationals. And let's just say there were 40 years at nationals and I've been to, you know, 25 of them. I've never seen a more talked about item. This is great for the hobby. Um, And, you know, the grading part of it was important though. It doesn't grade a nine five. It's not an AP story. Right. Okay. Does does it grade a nine five if it doesn't go to you? It, it, um, no, we still have it, but I might have to sell it raw. Um, or in a nine, um, and I would have disagreed with that grade. So we had to I, get, do you know what I mean? Think, like, I think the big thing, Cage, I don't know if you know this, Derek started as a grader at, at, uh, at SGC in 98. The first people before we opened the doors. So it's it's one of those things when you come from that world, it, that's why the grading is so important to you because it's like that's your your story. That's your oh, heritage. I, I know what I'm, I mean, I'm a professional grader. I mean, look, they've, I've been offered jobs by the, by PSA several different times. I wasn't moving to Long Beach. I've taken their, I've won the world series of grading twice. They've had it two times. I've won them both times. You said Long Beach is not for you. No, I'm not. The weather. No, the weather's incredible. I mean, it's just um, cost of living and I'm on the, I've just born and raised in Pennsylvania and I live in Eastern Pennsylvania now in Nazareth PA and you know, it's just, it just makes it there's there's no there was no reason i was getting paid the same in sgc of whether if i would have lived in long beach sgc paid their top talent as much or more than psa does so i had no issues um and again i didn't like it was it was hard because again no matter what the sgc card looks like there's people saying just you know there was always that you if it's not in a psa holder it's not a great, you know what I mean? It's not a great card or it's not this or it's not that. That That's finally starting to break. Finally, people should always be buying the card, not the holder. And I been, think I think we're in that space, by the way. I think so, too. The and last two been. years, we, I've been it's edu- eye appeal. We're, it's we're just, eye just real appeal. quick. It's, well, first of all, you ha- I've, I've said this and I have to be, you know, I don't have to be careful. There's two companies you can trust for vintage cards. BVVG. Long-term. 
SGC. B- it's BCCG. Oh, I SGC and PSA. Okay. Once you establish that, you should be able to buy either card freely. And if you're getting an SGC card at half a PSA, you're getting a steal. If you're seeing vintage cards fall through the cracks, and and again, go look at shows. Look at the cards side by side when there's a nine of this and a nine of this SGC and PSA, an eight, an eight, a seven, a seven. There's times the PSA is nicer. There's times the SGC is nicer. Either way, buy the card, not the holder. If it's in another slab, be very careful. But once you get past trusting the grading companies um, and knowing that they're doing the right thing, that they're hiring the best and they do the right thing, um, I feel comfortable buying PSA and SGC. Guys, it's a lot more nuanced than what Derek is letting on there. Everyone has their own little grading standards. Everyone has different centering rules, front, back, top, bottom, color, registration, you name it. I'm talking about alterations. I'm talking about having the best graders. That's important too. But, I mean, like like take, for example, the Ty Cobb T206, right? PSA and SGC have different grading standards on that. PSA a little more lenient with the crazy eye popping that happens on the card SGC or ding it. Like yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even sure where that is. I'm not right now, to be honest with you, because I appeal has become such a, you know, I haven't, I left SGC in 2011. I appeal now has been off the chart. So I may have not penalized cards. I might be more on PSA standard there as far as, you know, you know, at what point now we're going to start to look if Ty Cobb's eyes are perfect. I mean, if the, if the, if they the, do though. I yeah, if the corners are there and it's not altered and it's nice and it's a nice five, I'm going to drop it down a four because they had imprecise printing mechanisms back in uh, 1909. You know, I, I mean, again, there's something to be said for sometimes graders can get on a war path. I remember in the in the in the 2000s uh, when they were getting a ton of modern cards at PSA and they used, they went through a phase of PD. Oh my God, there's PD on it. PD. Baker was going for PD. When Baker was the head grader there, people would say, ah, Baker's on the PD thing. And I'm like, really? Is that a print effect? Print dot. Print dot. And it could be print minor. Dot. But then you could see tens that have the print dot. Then all of a sudden they shift. You're going to see SGC cards, you know, if Foreman or For example, is- that, that's with the 1980 tops, right? The Magic Bird Irving. Oh, my God. has that dot, little, the PD. Line, yeah. yeah. Well, there's that. But then there's, you know, all kinds of different issues. A grader can definitely get stuck in a where they're focused on what well, you just One said thing. with SGC, maybe it's out of focus a little bit in the face. So we're going to hit the card another grade when the card's spectacular and is better than most fives. I mean, people don't even notice that sometimes, but they do notice four hit corners. So if you're going to grade it the same thing, but that's the thing, grading is subjective and that's why there's a review policy. And that's why, you know, and, and again, you don't fight over everything. I try and, I can't fight over. We submit thousands of cards to each service. If they, if it's close, I'm keeping it. You know, I'm not even, you know, we got to get the cards to auction. We don't, you know, but when I see a spectacular card and it gets killed, I'm going to resub it. You're ready to fight. You're, yeah, you're Jake, I mean, Jake Paul and Matt Turner. Question. Commi- Commissioner Grady, okay? You're the commissioner of the hobby. I think it's fair to say that grading has actually standardized and led to some has in part led to the run-up, made it so easy to trade cards, right? Mm-hmm. Grady's Absolutely. a big part. Commissioner Grady, like Commissioner Goodell, you're a big football guy. You're in charge of the hobby now. This is what he means. Oh boy. You're in charge you of the Grady. Card card. You could do. You could what do, do you like. like or what don't you like? Or what do you think of the current grading environment? Not just when it comes to the 9-5 mantle, but just across the board, modern, all that. What's your entire hobby take on grading? 
and what it's done for it. Necessary evil. It helps commoditize it. I would love there to be either a skull or some kind of training program for graders. You can't just get busy and throw asses in the chairs and say, look, you're grading prisms. It's a nine, 10, or if you find a little wrinkle, call it a five, because you can absolutely go buy a buy. And, and this happens in coins. So this isn't a negative, um, but you can absolutely go buy a hundred, you know, just say Giannis prisms in a nine. Do you think if you crack them all out, you're going to get all nines again? You think you're going to get some tens, some eights? Some... 20% tens. Yeah, it's nine. subjective. You get some eights too. Yeah. yeah, and you will. And it's subjective. So I'm not – and by the way, you can do that to me too. I would like to think I'm more consistent. I've got a crazy work ethic. I'll make – I'll do the best I can to get it right. Um, we always had – if I graded something, we always had somebody else proof my stuff. Okay, so if I graded something, one of my other senior graders would look over my stuff and then lower – and they had the right to lower stuff. Um, you know, if it was, or raise it. And I think that's, that's the key, but you, you know, right now people, people so worry about turnaround times. I'm not worried about turnaround times. Like I am just get it right or close. And, and by the way, I'm not right on everything. I miss stuff. Of course I'm sending. So, so you know, things. so Henry Ford created the car Ford, but he also led to university, right? He, their university system was pioneered because he hadn't needed more people in his factories why is there you no know, university system for grading why is there no satellite school i've pitched this a few you know, times we've had nat on i was I think told that- in fairness in in fairness nat told me and i talked to kevin the president they do have like a, a greater you now going on um inside that, of psa yes that i think it should are- be a third party standalone it could still be a psa satellite um yeah. but i think it should be a third third party that's where the curriculum isn't a psa curriculum it's a standard education on grading and the history of cards and then sgc bgs psa whomever can hire from there i would you know i'd love that because i think anybody just thinks they can it's it's so easy it's not the talented graders get paid based on alterations you don't get paid to grade prisms you didn't get paid six figures to grade modern you know don maddenly rookies you get paid to catch the fake cob cob back the fake sporting news roost the altered 52 tops mantles that have, you know, clear coat in the corner. I'm not talking white out. I can teach my kid any, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm talking really good stuff that lights up under a black light or things that my eyes hone in on. How about cards like Unitas rookies where there's always snow, but imagine there's a bunch that come with no snow. How's that? You know, lick your finger and wipe it over once and see if you come up with any color. You know, there's, you need, there's a lot to learn and a lot of people think they can grade. There's a ton of dealers out there that have been doing this for 40 years. They can't grade to save their lives. Okay. Trim cards. You know, you got to know the edges on how that card comes. And there's just a lot to know. This is this more, you know, ultra modern. How much is there to know if it's centered? They make them perfect. Basically you're looking for, what are you looking for? Scratches, whether it's centered and then it's pretty much tens and the little pinholes is the most common right thing right you now. Know, the little pinholes on the on the chromium. Yeah, but I you know I do want to be clear on the mantle. If SGC doesn't have the nine five grade, you know it's worth more in a PSA nine than an SGC nine by any metric you use on what cards sell for. That nine five grade was the key because the highest I could get at PSA was a nine. I knew they weren't going to ten it. So the reason I chose SGC was, yeah, I believe they're more consistent at this time. But that 9.5, I really was shooting for the 9.5 because it deserved it. 
And that's the grade they arrived at. I didn't have to fight. That is the grade they came to. I mean, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm looking at. But still, a nine to me, the card is a six, seven, eight million dollar card. And here with the nine five, so we originally, if it was going to be a nine, the estimate was going to be six million. As soon as it got a nine five, the estimate's ten million. And now it's comparable again to the tens. You know what's the, my favorite part about all this? Because I don't play in your world, mantles, unitises, snow, all that. <laughs> I, the the peon and the big guys are all fighting for the good grades. That's it, it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel at peace. Why wouldn't We're, you? I'm passionate. Look, I don't have if I start a good, cards you love. Keep in mind, I see cards in my sleep, so I started collecting game <laughs> used and game used bats. And I do yeah, autograph cards. Humor, Derek. This guy, I could tell this guy's a PA guy. I'm, I'm from Philly, by the way. So all right, okay. We're, I'm from Western Pennsylvania, but and then I moved over here for work. But the everybody's passionate about if you know. I don't care if it's a ten dollar rookie. If it's a Hall of Fame rookie, it's a Charles Haley rookie, and you need it for your football registry. And you go around a show and you try and find a raw one, and you find you pick one out of a hundred that you find are fifty you know, out of 50 and you submit it and you get an eight, five on it. You're ready to free. It's not about the money. It's principle. You know, you want to, if you collect nines on hall of fame rookies, my point was, I don't even know why I came up with Haley. I am a Cowboys fan. So maybe that's why wow. I said, Haley. Philly so, guy for, with Cowboys could have been a Niners fan, fan too. It would have worked. Yeah. What a guy it's true. from Pennsylvania. I'm not, I'm not Eagles, Eagles guy, are sorry. right there. Eagles are right there. Spitting distance. And you're like, no, I'm going to go yeah. America's team. Dude, America's I was, team. yeah, well, they're not anymore. Jerry Jones <laughs> ruined yes. that. But you know, I, I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. I should have been a Steelers fan, but I, I would agree. With I was you. a rebel. So I didn't, but I no, agree. everybody's passionate about their grades. Now the problem is keep this in mind. When grading was seven bucks a card, 10 bucks a card. Now it's, what's the minimum? 30 at mm-hmm. PSA 24 at SGC that used to people were submitting a ton of cards that aren't even technically worth getting graded if you look at it that way but people want them graded but if you get killed on an order it, it, it sucks you get it you used to get excited when you package and I'm telling you everybody's gotten tighter it's not just PSA SGC's gotten tighter um it just happens because you're busier and you have to turn cards out but I think they're fair with the review policies PSA SGC they're fair with it you know, Beckett, I don't do a ton of business with Beckett. Um, they've just never been asking us for, you know, I don't know what their deal is. Um, haven't done a ton with them, but we use them as well. Um, I know ISA is now around. Haven't used them yet. I know CSG is, a, you know, I have nothing negative to say about either of those companies. You know, I think they have qualified graders. Koontz knows what he's doing. You know, the guys at CSG is that's part of a coin and comic company. They know, I, you know, I think I think those companies are going to do it the right way. Keep in mind, when we first got into grading, it was PSA and SGC and then Beckett came in and then there was everybody that could afford a slab machine, put one in their basement and started slabbing cards. You had the USAs and the pros and all these. Knock-off. Yeah, but not everybody has graders there with a real nice table, socks and sandals, a box of tissues on the grading <laughs> table. Like, I mean, like you really, there's some. Why has why, why HGA got a catchphrase on it? Look, all those companies are going to come and go. I've, I saw somebody at the, at the, um, what was I going to say? Literally. Derek, what night. are you going to do when artificial intelligence and computers we run all of these cards, and we realize it's all a crapshoot. And we go to Derek, what Grady, Commissioner Grady, and he's like, "Yeah, artificial intelligence has no look. You want to get the measurements for centering? 
I love that because a grader can be biased on centering. Let somebody grade his 52 mana with set. You know, like people are going to look at that and say, it can't be a seven. Oh, yes, it can. It's probably closer to two to one than three to one. That can be a seven easily. You don't think artificial touches can pick up alternate? You think I should get my mantle regraded? Is that what no, you're telling I'd me? I'd have to see the I'd have to see the corners. <laughs> we get, not so fast, my friend. Um, do I think artificial? Um, no, it can catch alterations. I know it can. I think it can help in a lot of areas. But the greater, but there's some things that are subject, subjective, and I think you can burn. I think I don't. I think you really need. Look, there's certain cards that come centered better than others. There's certain cards. Look, if you find a Bill Russell rookie, you know, there's going to be a little bit of snow on a 57 basketball card. You have to have a little bit – standards can be a little bit different for different issues, I think. And I think that's where somebody knowledgeable and knows what the hell they're doing. But I think it's hard back to we need more quality graders. I don't – and I think coming from an auction house is okay. Coming from a – really have to study card. I studied cards long and hard before I was a grader. Yeah, give people a few resources of how to study cards because I, I think that's actually one of the things that it's missing. Like uh, well, 10 books, five books of like, these are like your crash. You look at the standard catalog, but you also need to go. I met, went to my buddy's store that had some tobacco cards and um, Allen and Ginner cards, Dave Zuba back in Western Pennsylvania. And I went in a store when I started SGC, I went and grabbed a bunch of his low grade cards and looked at the edges, looked at everything, you know, T205s, T206s, triple folders, double folders. I grabbed a bunch and started looking at them. You can't wait till you're, you have to make a decision on them to just throw them in a holder or not throw them in a holder. There's going to be mistakes made. They, you can't say they are so busy at these grading companies. I don't know how they get everything done. You know, the, you have to hire quickly and hiring graders quickly and putting them in the chairs is going to get the wrong answers. But again, I'm, we don't let, I just work more here. We don't just let anybody write a set and describe a set, you know, and just say, well, okay. I mean, we're going to end up buying it back if they screw it up. You know, you have to grade it accurately. So we have the same people doing it. It's hard. It's hard to find people that are good. A lot of people want to do this, but I don't know. You got to have the work ethic. You got to have the knowledge. I don't have time to be training everybody what a, you know, a U.S. Carmel is or an E90-1. I need you to know that if you're going to work for me at Heritage. How? Is the question right? You gotta How collect. Gonna to, you gotta collect. You gotta, you gotta go. Collect, and, you gotta, gotta understand it. You gotta to go shows. to shows. <laughs> you, you look. Every show you go to, you can learn something. Get out there, expand. You know, there's people that just do ultra modern. There's nothing wrong with being an ultra modern. Hey, you're either wired or you're not. You remember we walked yeah. in the national, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crush a table, right? But we we walked past this bat that I thought was awesome, right? It was green. It was an H and B bat, and they had a tag on it that said it was from the 1906, um, you know, World Championship game. And I was like, this thing is cool. What did I do? I went back to the, uh, my hotel room, right? We did a okay. show, and I started researching this bat. There I started researching like crazy. And you know, you know what, what I found was Bradsby didn't join the company until after 1906. So I went back to the table, and I told them, you got the wrong year on your bat. You know what I mean? And they changed it. No, and, and to I mean, that like, point, you know, when I was – so I'm at SGC. I'm the head grader. It's 2003, and I was at the – top of the food chain where I could go. Couldn't go any higher unless I moved to Long Beach. PSAs. Is there know. initiation for the young graders? Do you like make them do stuff like Edward Scissorhands yes. or anything like that? We- <laughs> I mean, I think we just, oh, dude, in the grading room, all you do is ball bust. You listen to music, ball bust each other. But I mean, there's hey. No, there's no- hey, Mike, new guy. Lunch is on you this week. Go grab it. No, just rip them constantly. Tell them they suck. <laughs> Even worse. No, than we, it's, it's definitely like a locker room mentality. <laughs> but I learned 
I started opening up every auction catalog and learning jerseys and bats because I wanted to get, I wanted to learn something else other than just cards. And I can still learn about cards. We still get new discoveries. Um, but at the same time, I needed to, I wanted to expand more of my hobby knowledge. And that's by getting catalogs like Heritage, you know, REA, Hunt, Leland's, all those catalogs. And you're going through and you start looking at the items and learning about them. Like he just did about how many people see a bat and then go back and research it at the, at the national. If you're doing ultra modern, you're just thinking ultra modern. Ultra I don't modern. know bats for shit, but I know H and B wasn't H and B till like 1915. And you got 1906 on an H and B bat. That's, that's a problem. I just think it's fun to learn. If you <laughs> care, look, what did I go to college? I, I got a social science degree from the University of Pittsburgh. What's the point? I, but I'm reading anthropology books like I give a shit, you know, and I'm reading and I'm just regurgitating it. At least I'm, I'm interested in this stuff. And I, I, by the way, having an ultra modern expert is awesome. I'd love to have an ultra modern expert, have a vintage expert, an ultra modern, have people that can do a little bit of everything. I think there's something to be said. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. Look at the card prices, whether they're too high or not is one thing. But a LeBron RPA, whether it's 1.5 million or 500,000, it's still a fortune and they're not going anywhere. He's a goat. He is one of the goats, um, you know, and uh, that's here to I think that modern stuff's here to stay. Um, I think I just don't want to see them do as I'm all shifting all over the place here. What I don't want to see them do is mass produce or create too much. Hey, we just printed a logo man yesterday. And it sold for a couple million dollars. Let's print another one, and then another one, and then another well, one. That that is happening. That is they currently need to, happening. They need to slow that roll because they will. Just as we've enticed people to get into the hobby, and this mantle thing is getting more people into the hobby. Okay, we're getting the press. More art investors are probably looking at this as real. This is a real piece of art now. This is an investment. And how many sports fans don't collect? I've always made the argument my whole life in the hobby. Why are there stadiums selling out? And I could never see not collecting. And there's so many people in your aisle at this game that could care less about owning an autograph or a card or anything. I think with Fanatics buying, you know, getting the licenses and buying tops, I think they're going to put, oh, I know they are. They're going to go crazy marketing. What would be your first move? You're you're head of Fanatics. What would be one? They're going to have the cards in the stadiums. I think they're going to do all kinds of special things, you know. Um, my, my thing is, is be careful with mass producing. If you remember, so you guys are younger in the nineties. Remember when I grew up in the eighties, there just was some me. I love it. They're just on me. I love there it. There was tops, Fleer and Donruss in the eighties. Then we got into upper deck revolutionized the hobby. Does that sound when familiar, we, Andrew? Okay. The history it's of like the talking 80s. to you. Then it was, I've done this a million times. Okay. Then it was and you forgot deck. score in 88. Then, then yes, score. <laughs> And then Leaf comes in, and then all of a sudden they 90. start making, you know, then Fleer has 42 different products, a low end, a high end. Ultra. Yes. and Ultra sick. Skybox. And then, yeah, and then there's the Stadium Club. People, well. people couldn't get people. Do you remember when people used to say, I'm going to buy a set? I'm going to do a set of yeah, every every year. It was like buying a Hess truck. Then they couldn't do it anymore. People quit collecting because they didn't enjoy it anymore because they felt like they failed because you have to get 57 different sets now. Yeah, couldn't they get it. What's your out. favorite era of cards, Derek? Hey, boy. Mm. Well, hey, I mean, I grew up. I mean, I still, well. United. My, my first box of cards was 1979 Tops Football. So I am biased towards 79 Tops Football because, and again, not for any reason that I have a couple of really nice raw sets of it, but um, 
I love the eighties. Um, I do with all those rookie cards. Uh, I mean, look, you can say in any decade there's that, but I buy, you know, when I buy for myself, I love the 55s because of Clement Clemente's my guy. Clemente Koufax go just incredible rookie cards in in, in some of those. Did stuff you know too. Clemente passed away with exactly three thousand hits on the way to Did Nicaragua? I know that? <laughs> <laughs> on the way to Nicaragua to bring uh, supplies for an yes. earthquake. Yes, I do know that. Andrew and learned that, was, that yesterday in our episode. And, and, and I he, told literally him Please tell me that's not the case. Please tell me that. It is. He learned that yesterday. Wow. Okay. That's okay. So, no, I'm just approved. <laughs> approved. <laughs> Graded at SCC 10 by Derek Grady. Yeah. Approved. Approved. No, that's you good. I'm glad you learned that. That's Alter. important to know how Roberto, what, you know, Jackie Robinson, what he did, right? I mean, uh, hopefully you know something. He played baseball. Really he stole home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He played football in college, too. He was out, um, by the way. Yogi tagged him. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> but hopefully they don't mass produce. I think I want cards being available everywhere and i also worry about them look if people start getting their ass kicked by buying these one of one cards for two million dollars and they start becoming five hundred they they're going to disappear it's not fun when you're losing money left and right it's not fun when you it, it's look we we blew this up during the pandemic where lebron chromes i think i saw on vcp there were psa 10s that sold for forty thousand at one point yes, and now, sir. What are, now what are they in 10 Six, seven. Okay. That's a big haircut. So it's hard to enjoy something where you get your ass kicked. And that's nobody's fault but our, but the people buying it. Nobody forces me to write it. If I chase game use jerseys or game use bats or whatever I'm buying, nobody forces me to write the check. I'm a big boy. I, I screw up. I screw up. But we got to be careful. I've told people, and I'm friends with Ken. You know, I don't know what Ken tells people, but I don't think it's these are great buys at these numbers. If you're saying that, you're being irresponsible. I tell people you're on your own at, at these numbers. I don't know where it's going to go. You know, LeBron's incredible. He's going to break the record, but they already had it at 40, you know, 40,000. Now it's back down. Now I'd say he's a buy where he's at now. Jordan rookies. I remember when they were 10 grand forever, then 20 grand forever, then 30 grand forever. Somehow they blew up to 700 grand. Are you kidding me? You know, and then they tail back down. Where is the, where are people putting in the buys? Where's the stop gap where somebody says, that's it. I'm going to blanket them at 200. If they blanket them at 200, then that's going to be the bottom. Where's the floor? I think it's dangerous to do comps off of one sale. I think we've become very comp heavy. Like yes. what the last sale is the totally price. And that's not how it works. Like sometimes that, that sale, for example, the Jordan was a guy who I heard wanted to crack it and possibly give it a try at a BGS 10. And it was a, no. the newest graded Jordan. Oh, really? And it was a beautiful copy. So yeah. I, I think we've become very, you know, last sale heavy. We have. I, and you got to be careful because you don't know. Look, there's, you know, we run a legitimate auction at Heritage. I think most companies do. But there's some, you know, Wild West where you don't know if people are bidding stuff up, then renege. Did it really happen? Did it really sell? I don't know. But I've also been told, you know, there's some forced sales with PWCC they would loan people money on their stuff, right? And there's people that go upside down, can't pay the money back. So PWCC has the right to sell the stuff, which makes perfect sense. You should do that when somebody's not paying you. And there's more stuff like, you know, Ken and I have talked, when you, why is there a you know Brady ticket or a LeBron RPA? Like at what point they're so limited, do collectors hold on to them? Right. When there's one on the market every month or every two months or every three months, what do you think is going to happen? 
you know, it would be nice if people bought stuff and held it for a while. So yeah, but I mean, it's it's normal though. I mean, none of that surprises me. You know, when when that Brady ticket was 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 you know a hundred grand, you know, of course people were hanging on to it. But someone who bought it for a hundred thousand dollars, he's going oh, yeah. to a million, two, a million, five, a million, eight. Of course they're going to come out of the wood. Of course, two of I, them I, sold last week. You're you're right, and I agree with you except one thing. And I and by the way, there's people can do whatever they want with their money, right? But there's people that pay pay one eight for something, and now it's back on the market in three months. The same person you're saying. That's what I'm talking about. Not because people have asked us, how do we have a 51 Bowman Mano 8 every auction? I'll tell you how. Because there's so many people that have 20, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand in them. They finally took the money off the table and they want to use Heritage. We're one of the biggest auction houses and we have the VCP record for eights. So what do people do? They call us, they do the research, they work with us. So we we tend to have a 51 Bowman Mano 8 in every auction. Derek, you want to laugh? Andrew, sure. what's VCP? Voice control productivity. <laughs> Voice control protocol. You do this, you do this, you do this. No other auction house does that. So you guys sec. are the best at managing and delegating the staff. Wait a second. I just you made that up. VCP? Are you a card guy? Do you no, use- I collect coins, stamps, and, and art. I'm really I'm this He's not into vintage. Out. He just he's one of the new wave of collectors. I know, but the VCP in. does modern too. Anyway, yeah. that's how you get your comps. That's how you see what the last one is. Sold v- for. Who is VCP? Give them a shout. There's vintage. thousands of people listen to the show. Oh, vintage card prices. It vintagecardprices.com. Just, yes, I believe. Yeah. And it just <laughs> redirect it just, the card ladder. Wait. Just kidding, Derek. Wait. Come on, he's jumping wait. through his room. Wait a second. I've heard of card ladder. Is that is that something similar to where it gives you comps on what something sold? That yes. Okay, so we're you're using something. Okay, yeah. he is using something. Yes. But just never heard of VCP. VCP is like that was that's like the vernacular of people who collected. In, well, in it's just you know what? If you wanted to see what something sold for less, it's kind of how we use us es- do estimates. If I'm looking up a Julius Irving rookie in a nine. I, Derek, I, are you I, saying I the, the same? I bring the Beckett guide, and I'm like, "Hey, can you honor this price? It's right here." Are you saying the same person is is listing the same card over and again at a loss? Is that where you're going with this? Like that that Bowman eight, or we're just seeing a lot of them come oh, out? No, no, okay, no, no. I'm saying people on vintage cards. It doesn't happen as often. But the, to your point, you said people that were in them right mm-hmm. will eventually take money off the table. Yep, that's true. That's where we're getting a lot of the vintage cards from. Okay, on modern. I've heard where people have paid a million dollars, just literally bought something, but then they see something else. So then they have ants in their pants to sell what they just bought because it's, they just saw this new thing come out. Right. That's my generation. Yes. We don't, we don't have your patience. Listen, it's a a good case study. Derek might, you know, I make fun of Andrew for VCP, but you might not be an NFT collector, but I think there's a lot that can be learned. I know we talk about cards, but NFTs, you're not allowed to talk about them. But last year, um, microcosm of the hobby, right? And a lot of the modern stuff, people were buying, 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 and they wanted to sell to get into the next hot thing that was coming down the bike, the next shiny new toy, and sometimes sell at a little bit of a loss because they were buying at a peak. But here's where it scares me. And I'll, I'll take this back, and then we can let you you know, take it home and talk about your auction because there are other cards in this auction besides the Mantle 9.5 that are just amazing items. And we want to. If the other cards had feelings, around. they would feel left out. <laughs> so let we're all talking about how fanatics is going to come in and take care of everything. Right. But what happens is um, I, I saw this last year because NFT space was wild. There was so many people getting into it and there's money being made and Coinbase was coming in. The Coinbase wallets were going to come in. And what they were going to do was, you know, NFT space is small. 
right? And there's a lot of people who have Coinbase wallets. Those are people who trade crypto. Not everyone in crypto is into NFTs. Not everyone sitting at the stadium is into cars, but everyone sitting at the stadium, those fanatics, you know, they buy their sweatshirts, they buy their hats. Fanatics is going to bring all of these people. Wait for when Coinbase comes in. It's going to expand the market and everybody's going to get into NFT. So everything's going to explode. And you know what happened? Coinbase signed up like 12 people, right? Obviously, I'm exaggerating oh, to yeah. the downside. It's actually, it's actually close. But but nothing exploded, and now the prices are are continuing to come down because of mass production. Because every day there were another yeah. ten thousand, fifty thousand, whatever these things would come out all the time. I'm a little nervous that we might not get to the fanatics. You know, Supply time period here. before demand. They have to be careful. Hey, I still think they're printing like eighty-seven tops baseball. Is that stuff? Yeah. Is there? Oh just, yeah. Oh my god. I is it? I don't even know what it goes for a box anymore. But man. That was always junk. I, I swear to God, there's just – I don't know what they made in that during the boom. But guys, I, I think we're – so if there's not enough supply, prices are only – are so high that only Cage and Derek can afford. If there's too much supply, everything's a buck. So it's it, it's not this – it's a perfect – There's a happy medium. There's a happy medium. And I don't know. Look, we're in a capitalist society. That's right. If, if you're, you're fanatics and your product keeps selling out and you have dealers begging you for more and targets begging you for an exclusive product, so then they start making exclusives for different And the companies. breakers will take whatever it is you'll give them at whatever price they want to – whatever price you want to charge them for it. And people have come on and said, hey, wow, the price has to be less. Hey, we should get rid of Recon and Flux and we should get rid of all these chronicles. We don't need that. We need to find that happy medium. Well, try telling that to a company that can print something and sell it the next day and sell yeah. out or no matter what they're no matter what it is it it is an interesting little case study yeah, right because is. you know and that corporation they need to make as much money as they they've invested billions of dollars they're not going to not make money but someone well, should if say we expand to, the base we have to expand the base they're going to have to keep some products limited they can make low end products high end products people want to get their rookie cards um you know and you can make the you know, you can definitely do it. I'm not sure what the metric is on how they're going to do it exactly, but you definitely the one thing you don't want to do is mass produce because you chase people out. Because we've done that a couple times in the hobby. I love so the one thing I look at is trade shows. The shows are getting packed more than ever. I know you guys know Joe Drellick and and what mm-hmm. he's done with the Philly show has been amazing. It's packed, um, and. You know, there's lots of local shows. I've been told by people that run local shows that they're sold out. They can't get, you know, they can't fit any more dealers. They're getting double, triple the attendance. So let's let's go down to the grassroots there, the shows. If P, and now there's stores popping up again. Do you remember when there was a store on every block? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And when I was in high school, it was like a new show yeah. opening, a new store opening like every other week. Yeah. And then they all disappeared. And, and I gone. wouldn't know where to go get anything. Yep. In 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 Nazareth, Pennsylvania, you got Bethlehem, Allentown, Easton. There were no stores. Quakertown was the nearest store that's been there. Nothing else. There used to be thirty stores. There's you know now they're they're probably popping up, and I don't I'm unaware of them because I'm not buying modern stuff. Luca Nation, this is Amish country that that he's describing. By the way, this good butter, Amish good butter, good well, butter. The point good. that he's making is exactly right because played... even here. I used to have to drive like crazy to go find a card store. There were a couple of them that have been open, but one opens. Where are you at? Kate? I'm in Long Island, New York. Oh, so there's got to be stores all over the, the place. The stores are just popping up everywhere. Now, and the yeah. city used to have, even Manhattan yeah. with the rents, used to have a, a couple of stores. And I remember when I was just what you were talking about late 80s, early 90s, all of a sudden stores started to pop up. They were okay paying the rent. They were paying. Then Chameleon was the last one and then it closed. And there was no store in the city for. Now there's a bunch of stores again. 
Yeah. And not all of them are going to last. We'll see how we'll see what they can do to keep it interesting. I know, you know, you got to do the trade night now. You got to do the Pokemon and the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, which I know absolute zero about. I can't even grade it. I can, I can grade it because it's round. But I I'll, <laughs> last PSA contest, I missed those two cards. They were both fake, and I graded both of them. I still won, but those were my two big misses. What is this contest? I, I don't think World anybody se- knows. World Series, of, yeah, World Series of grading. They had it at two nationals. Which ones? What what nationals? Uh, two years ago and or if that was canceled three years ago and then one in like oh man so it's something that the graders have to be involved in andrew it's a fun thing right it's like a spectacle right but the graders the graders don't have time to do it now because they are taking in so many damn cards and trying to find people who can grade those cards they don't just come come see how good you are yeah and it was open to anybody and i took it both times i think i won 2500 bucks each time And, and come see how good you are. It's like, what's the benchmark, right? Like, how do you... Well, they give you, like, 40 cards on a holder, and you... And how accurate you are? Yeah. It's a test. Yeah. It's a contest. Who decides how accurate you are? Well, they already picked the... Whoever they already designed it. So okay. if they give you cards, they already know that one's a seven, that one's an eight, that one's altered, this is a six, that's a five. And there's tricks on there. Like, a Jordan can look mint to gem mint you're ready to nine or ten it you turn it on the back there's a back wrinkle now it's a five so they, there's all kinds of tricks set up in there i just took it both times just out of well the one time i was at the national walking around for an auction company and orlando dared me to take it and i was like oh okay here's 50 bucks and then i'll meet you back there for the 2500 dollars check afterwards <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know and then they didn't have it again because there's too much controversy because i was a professional grader and i took it um so derek but, yeah quick question so like you had the, so when kids are coming up to the booth, you know, they're touching the mantle. You know, are you like windexing? Like, get, get out of here, youngster. Get out of here. This yeah, is the big boys here. The op staff is doing that stuff, but no, they're not. When that was out of the case, I was pretty much handing it to them, taking their drinks, their bags, their cards. People were trying to like selfie with the Diet Coke. I don't even know why I have this on my desk, but I do. What is it was that? Isn't it was like a filler to hold on a set? It's just like a leaf header card or something for the 92 leaf set but here's my point people would just be like have a drink in one hand and they'd be like oh here's a 10 million dollar you know just like this and i'm like okay give and me your heart point. is just racing your i started telling like... people put two hands on it <laughs> put two hands on it because you can't just here here's my phone here's my bag and next thing you know the thing drops you know you i was at some point i was told okay put the card away now because people yeah. just they just kept coming in line and I, again, eight-year-olds to 80-year-olds, everybody, this card became so famous. It is great for the hobby. The hardest thing, you know, again, most cards that are significant have already been graded. I think the key here and why the AP picked up the story, obviously it's a 52 mantle from the Rosen find. Rosen also, the key to this was wrote a letter saying this was my nicest one from the find. This is my best one. Put it in as a chapter in his book. I put that letter in every whatnot package. I say this is the nicest card I've ever there you had. Go. Congratulations. No, there's, there's <laughs> this stars. is the nicest Trey Lance I've ever had. Happy. The stars align <laughs> that he saved the letter that it turned out to be as nice as it was. Everything. How many people are sitting on raw 52 mantles that could even seven right now that haven't had them graded? There can't be many. I mean, we love those calls. I didn't believe when we got this call, I was like, okay, here's a Rosen Fine Mantle. I believe it. It's not going to be a nine. 
you know, like people say that stuff all the time when you go look at collections. Their stuff's gorgeous. It's got great provenance. And until I see it with my own eyes, I'm like, you know, you're you're hesitant. But we get great stuff in. We get all kinds of great leads. So back to the auction for a second. There's amazing stuff in this auction other than just the 52 Mantle 9.5, you know. Um, and there's, you know, other 52 Mantles in there. But obviously that 7.5 is going to get a lot of looks. There's a couple different um, 52 Bowmans, an SGC 9 and a PSA 9 on, on the Mantles. Um, there's display pieces that are amazing. The triple folder, the old Judge display piece. I don't know if you guys saw that. We have an amazing Babe Ruth bat. Um, it's $2 million estimate. Um, Do you have anything shiny with a refractor coating? Or is it all pre-1945? Oh. <laughs> we have a Brady. You know, we have one of the Brady championship tickets. We have Kobe, a Beckett Black that Label cool. 10. No, we've that, got some great. That's cool. We've got some great Kobe's in there. We got that Brady card. We've got um, other LeBron cards and autographed Jordan cards. We have a Jordan ten. No, we. I look. I like the ultra modern. I. I think it's there's there's a place for it. Um, just when you start talking a couple million dollars, and you can buy an Aaron nine and a Clemente nine rookie cards, and buy nice ones, okay, and have change versus a card that was made yesterday. They start to struggle with how wise that is buying something like that. I would invest in like right now, if I was a, you know, LeBron's going to break the record. LeBron is second to Jordan in my book as the greatest player ever to Jordan. And he's going to break Kareem's record. And his cards are now at a low. I would be buying up LeBron. I mean, for me personally, um, I looked at, you know, if you're looking for blue chip stuff, that's, at a kind of at a low kind of they do that in the stock market this isn't rocket science you know i'm not chasing stuff while it's going crazy i mean i don't know who's a better buy right now is it josh allen is it um you know herbert is it everybody's you know thinking it's is it mahomes is he gonna have a coming you know who is gonna be the next guy i don't know you know that's more speculative um but I, my ultra my, I, I know a lot of vintage guys are now buying modern that's the true test when some of those guys that have 52 mantles and eights and nines say, Hey, I want to welcome know, to my a, world guys. I want a Zion card. I love it because they're watching the stuff today. I've always struggled with buying vintage, but then you see the modern guys playing and you want to get a card. Yeah. Why not? You can own Ford stock and Tesla stock. You can, it's you can both. do both. And, but you have to, but again, I just think the difference is they'll have a bad taste in their mouth if their first foray into the modern is buying some RPA at 1.5 million and the auction house tells them it's a good idea. And the next thing you know, it's down to 500,000. Meanwhile, their vintage keeps tracking up, 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 up. And they sold some vintage to go buy some modern. You just have to be careful. Um, I try not to give. And by the way, even on vintage cards, I'm not sitting here telling somebody if they buy a Clemente rookie and an eight, Today for a hundred thousand, it's going to be two fifty. I don't know whether it's going to be two fifty or not. I'm certainly not going to predict what's going to happen in ultra modern. You know, uh, yeah. but I think there's. I'm, I want I'm, to invite you into the cage match here, Derek. Cage, ooh. if you have any other questions. Now, oh, you're gonna on. you're gonna get the cage yeah. match. Ooh, go ooh. ahead. There's two different. Men- Never happened before, Derek. 1952 tops. There's two different types. This right? is not a cage match for him. No. Ex- explain that to me, please. <laughs> Like I'm a kindergartner. 
with the A and B version. Yeah, yeah type one, type two. Yeah. Yeah, the one has um, it. it uh, I don't have one here to show you, but the uh, let the me box, see. The box. The black the line around the box. Black. Okay, there's that white dot that people think is a print dot or some right. flaw, but it the comes missing pixel. Half of them, yeah, and. And again, so graders don't even take that into consideration or should they shouldn't, okay? Because that's the way they come, two different ways. And and nobody, and, and again, you can say, I don't want one with a white print dot or missing pixels, you know? Either way, it looks like a white spot that shouldn't be there, right? But that's okay. Um, but some people say, I don't want that. Well, guess what? Um, graders don't necessarily take that into consideration. There's just two types. So, you know, so once people learn that, that it's not some flaw, if you see a nine with that on it, you, you nine it, um, you could 10 it, you know, but um, I don't they're think just different versions of the yeah, card. I'd, e, have, I'd rather have squiggle on up one. on a signature, you know? Yeah. I like R. I like ours because it doesn't have that, but I mean, it's you see nine five you're talking about. Yeah. But if it did, I would have made the argument. It's still a nine five. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't penalize it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's packed fresh. And, you know, and by the way, maybe this changes something at PSA. I've, I've always made the argument if they want Beckett black labels to go away, they make a black label and you'll never Jeez. hear it. What do you or, think? Or whatever, whatever label they want to call it, right? If they want nine, five to a mint plus, they can add a mint plus to their scale and get cards. Can you imagine? How about this? Just financially, how many reviews are they going to get? If, if you already have PSA 10 Jordans and you're shooting for the, the pristine label, you, you kidding me? Not just that. Every 10 that's out there now has the ability to be resubmitted. Every... I mean, listen, if their goal is to make money, it's a great goal. I mean, how many sheep do we see now paying $100,000 for a PSA 8 star Jordan? I don't, I don't think it's just about making money, too. Come on now. You're, no, come out. SGC and SGC and Beckett both have a pristine label. Why doesn't PSA? Because SGC of the simplicity PSA. of a one to ten grade and saying a ten is as good as you can get, and because yeah, grading is subjective. But we both know. Yeah, but, we but both know. So do why do you need know, a pristine? Some tens nicer than other tens. Yeah, why but Derek, you know this, right? There's subjectivity in grading, just like you decided where to send that mantle to, right? Because a PSA might have told you something I different, this, right? So, so you I, can look at a ten and say, all right, well. That's this fair. ten's better than that ten. Do yeah, you really need another Almost, grader with another subjectivity I've, to tell you yeah. this one's a black label PSA? That's well, kind of silly. Thing. Here's the thing. I would. Here's what I would do. The reason I'd have it is because I never want to hear that BGS just outsold my card again. I never want to hear that. There's no black label this that's better than. Right now, I was talking to Nat, and they do tracking, and he was saying their tens are selling it over 2x 3x more than a back at 95 right okay okay and it's been separating i mm -hmm. didn't research that to prove yeah, that's fine which yeah, what was the number it's 3x 2 yeah. 3x it's here it's, yeah. it's it's a statement told to you it's an ob it's fine we're not going to take it for, for the veracity of its content on nine on nine five versus a ten i know it's at okay. least that on yeah. a lot of cards right more than that on a jordan remember game. there are various nine fives right there, yes. are, there are true gem, gem, the, you know, yes. you know, min gem uh, all kinds speaking of, of that the one thing beckett made a huge mistake doing in my i've never seen this as a grader i couldn't believe it until i noticed this um was you can get a nine five with a nine on corners the one thing anybody can see right away is a touch on a corner. 
And when there's a nine five with a nine corner and there's a touch on a corner, people just instantly go like, wait a second, it's got a white corner. Why is that a nine five? Can't be gem men if you have a white corner. Okay, centering, you need to matter. So that's where I think they made a mistake there. But anyway, I would just be, I don't want another company's card outselling mine. That's, you know, that's so I would, I would do it. But again, I don't run PSA, so I don't have to worry about it. Derek, this is the issue. This is actually the crux of it. These are grading companies caring about market values. They do. That's Trust the scary me. thing. Like you, you're supposed to be a grading company. You're masquerading as such, but you actually really just care about the secondary no, resale. No, market. I think they definitely care about it because it, it makes you – It's again, assuming they're doing the right thing, I love that PSA is willing to pay top graders the top talent. Now I want my graders. How, this is Here's a better way to say it because I think sure. you're on the right track. Why did the, why has it been forever after the pandemic where they graded another Jordan 10 when they've graded 300 or some prior to? Then they get a record number of submissions and the graders clamp down. Where are the rest of the Henderson 10s? They clamp down. Rice 10s, Montana 10s. Once cards go up, they tend to get tighter. I don't want a grader to care about the secondary market. Well, I mean, I the flip side, Derek, is age walks in. Everybody guys, sent in a, a ton of them during that pandemic, you, right? Yeah. And and that's why they should have graded more, not less. But why? I, I mean, they graded they graded a bunch during that. So I guess my thought is, three hundred. The, the Jordan numbers did go up not by in nineteen twenty. Yeah, but I mean, a Jordan and a Henderson. Like you gotta think. I know you're finding mantles. You you found you found the one still raw mantle. Wax boxes getting open. Eighty six clear wax boxes, and there's still eighty vending cases and eighty tops. And by the and, way, go, go compare some nines that are being done today compared to I'm some not saying there's no pop control. Yeah. I'm just presenting the yes, other okay. argument. That's what I meant to right? say. Yeah. Wait, back up. You just said it. Pop control. Yeah. I don't want my graders. I want to be able to walk out. If you guys are you guys are a team, right? Yep. And you guys and say I'm in brothers. I'm, I'm I'm grading in the East Coast office for PSA. And you walk in, you guys did an incredible job of finding um pick a card. Montana rookie. You guys went around shows and you're showing me your, your 20 Montana rookies. You walk mm-hmm. in, pay walkthrough service. Yep. I would love to give you 10 tens if they deserve it and walk out and shake your hand and say, man, you guys are great. You guys have great eyes that you did this. I just don't believe any company, any company, you could do that. I think graders still have in their head some degree of pop control. And I don't want my graders ever. If you, you did go that five, with the Charizard at last year's national. Wait, what happened? They, they, they came out like this. No, actually, give I'll give PSA some credit. They came out, Sorry. And, and that actually told me what was going on with the card. You know what I mean? Like oh. it is what it is. It, you know, it is what it Wait, is. What's I going mean, on with the card? What happened? There, a little mark on the card. A little bit of scratch on the holographic. Card. the card was gorgeous, but they're like, yeah, this is what's keeping it from a ten. I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'll walk no, over. I'll walk over to Beckett. You know, yes, exactly. It's subjective and. And absolutely, as long as I like when they point to something, I hate when yeah. they don't point to something. Like you'll get a card. We used to have little rejection flips where we'd say which edge, which edge was trimmed. I just don't like when you get something back and says altered, and you're like, well, where? But I mean, give listen, me let's give them some credit, right? I, I mean, everybody's heard the story. Somebody walked up with a, a, a Magic Bird rookie at this year's national, walk in, and it was a nine, and it, it got graded a ten. PSA graded a ten at this. What at they, the show. They, it was on a review. I don't know if it was a review. I don't know if somebody showed them 10 different nines no, that's and great. one of them graded that's what they 10. Do. But that's I mean, what they should be doing. I'm giving oh, – by the way, I'm giving them credit. Keep in mind, I'm being I'm being a little bit hard on all the grading companies to, to keep – to be fair. 
to not do pop control. Be fair. Don't just if when you murder and I and, and you know what anyone will say why would we want to murder our customers? Well, I don't know. Look at some orders that you give back. If you're murdering them, you could lose them. Don't murder your customers. Be fair. Um, always look for reviews. It's not personal. There's cards that I've graded that I could get back for auction ten years later, and I look at them and go, oh wow, what was I thinking? I was either too tight, I was too loose. That happens to any of us as a grader. It's not easy sitting un, under a light oh. all day yeah. in a dark room just with no tissues. What's that? No. Derek, no cage match number two. Ooh. B C C E. The B B C E. Yeah. What is your take on them? Would you let me actually I'm gonna be even more specific? Would you sell a B B C E authenticated box through Heritage? We do all the time. Yeah, Steve, yeah. <laughs> Steve's the best there is. He can make but he by the way he's human and he makes mistakes. So if you make a mistake. Um, I make mistakes. Um, I could write a set raw and miss an altered card. That's, that's a mistake. And I could have called it X mint in the, in our template and it's altered and we have to buy it back. Every grader makes mistakes. Every authenticator makes mistakes that goes for every item. Two in and 12 months, two biggies. Bats, jerseys on, but what, look, if, if I were advising him i would have said why would you ever wrap a cardboard outside shell you need the packs in your hand to examine the packs okay so that that pokemon case would have been i would have said why would you seal a sealed case because now you have to be an expert in shipping containers the outside of the box you're not you're a pack expert like and by the way that he can still make mistakes but i will buy bbce he's nowhere near made enough mistakes in my mind that I am, he's the standard and I am buying just like Tobby with bats. But there's no protection. There's no consumer protection for me. There isn't, there isn't, but what's your, give me your, give me your, let me put it back on you. If it's not BBCE, who do you buy? What do you buy? Or just stay away from wax boxes. What do you do? Goldberg authentication network. It's Ian and I, we're opening things up. We're authenticating no, I, packs. I, I swear. We're going to be wrong 50% of the time, but a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I swear. I swear by Steve. Um, I do realize too, that if you buy a wax box and you're, you're getting his opinion, just like on an autograph, you're getting their opinions on autographs. That's their opinion. Could they be making mistakes? I've been told by FBI agents, why, why do you even collect? And I said, well, because I love collecting. And it, because if they can make mistakes in bats or jerseys or cards or packs or this, I was like, there's more fraud on Wall Street every day yeah. with insider with, than there is in our hobby. By the way, go talk to somebody that's into horse racing. There's you, You're bidding against somebody that's on the phone and the person says, oh, we have a bidder coming in from Saudi Arabia. How do you know there's somebody on the other end of the phone? What about Rolexes? They fake the little pieces inside. Every hobby I've talked about, there's some sort of fraud, and you have to rely on experts. And I have do. a Romex, but I don't make a federal case over one letter. <laughs> I mean, it tells time. Where would day. we it's be? Nice where would we be without the authentication companies? It was legitimately the Wild West. I run into people all the time prior to grading. No matter what you have to say about PSA, SGC, Beckett, before grading, You'd go in the 80s, and there were guys with mint cards all through their showcases. And I am telling you, 50% of those were whacked, meaning trimmed, color added. I have some because I bought them in the 80s, and I was like, oh, shit. 
And then you go, when you start to learn more, like, up, oh, this one's small, but not vending small. It's small because it was trimmed. And you learn a lot that way. Um, I have... I've I have a couple learned. trim 33 Gaudis from before grading, you know, just buying them. And I still have them. I have them so that I can show we get them in our regular sets. We get them in our regular sets that we sell where we might grade a photo lot, like six cards or grading. And you go through, there's, there can be a percentage that are trimmed from just stealers. Maybe some of the pra- people practiced on commons. How do some commons? I have this Hannes Wagner that my dog <laughs> ate. I took a right. bite off of it. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a, a second card. Right. P- it's a tip top red. Second card PSA ever graded, so it's not. What are your your listeners take on the BBC? Are there people are people bummed out, or they outraged? Outraged. They are. They're protesting in front of the headquarters today. No, are Um, they? No. Okay. No. What you'll notice about the the feedback on that is Rick Probstein just did a story where he came out and talked about it and said, "Okay, this is you know I trust the guy. You trust the guy. People who have been in the hobby who know him trust the guy." People who are younger who got in in the last couple of years, they think that this is now an avenue for somebody else to come in and do it better. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how progress is. No, is that, no I, I agree with you that competition is always good. And But by the way, if it's a human being, they're going to make mistakes too. Yeah. So don't put this guy on a pedestal and then chop him down as soon as your new guy comes and starts authenticating wax and makes a mistake. And then it's like, I think maybe the issue is you're paying for the pain. Let me correct this if I'm wrong. And I'm, we're just talking openly here. I have no idea. So if I go buy a 1980 wax box on eBay basketball mm-hmm. and I open it up and it's been searched and they made a mistake, there's no, there's no refund or buybacks or anything. Right. I mean, I would try to get my money back if I knew. No, but do you get, can you get your there's money? There's no back? insurance policy. Like PSA, okay. if you that's, buy something, you get a PSA, hold, they're going to refund it. SGC as well. SGC takes care of people to the max bbc does not doesn't okay. have that policy and the then, way I so then the question is i'm wrong in the comments yeah no i don't i don't know i don't know if they if they do or they don't i'm guessing based on the the amount they charge um not enough to cover mistakes i don't know insurance patrick but david he'll, he'll, he'll take care of you we have this is what 75 minutes in if you're working out to this episode sorry luca nation you might no, be dead. welcome you're welcome. This is what we're doing. This is separation season. It's we don't August. have the healthiest audience, man. I mean, they most of them look like me. Seventy-five minute workout. Boom. Last question. Last and Ooh, final. There question. we go. Breakers. What do you think of this breaking culture that we're seeing? You know, I've never. I just. I. I maybe I'm too conservative. I just look at it like I'm not going to be lucky. So I've never participated in a break. But I also know that when you open packs from the '80s and vintage packs. You can open a 54-pack and pull out a Hank Aaron rookie that's off-center with a hit corner. Like, it's not – you're just not guaranteed nines. So I've never understood who these people are that jump in. I'd rather jump in on a modern break where I know the cards come out as nines and tens than jump in on a, you know, a 7980 OPG hockey box where I'm going to pay a fortune for a pack. And my Gretzky comes out with a nasty print line or 90-10 off-center, I'm going to want to rip it in half. So I've never understood that gambling mentality of – I just feel like I'd always get the freaking commons. I don't feel lucky, you know, but you're not going to see me at a casino that often where I just play craps and sit there for a few hours. But, um, and I don't even understand it half the time, but um, with the breakers, no, I've never understood it. Is that, but I'm, I did hear the other day that's slowing down where there was just a ton of breakers doing it. There was a ton and they were breaking product like crazy. The prices started to, 
just get ahead of themselves. Yeah, sure. get ahead of themselves, and they're having to charge too much per break. And then sometimes the big card. Oh, by the way, once that big card comes out, no, that's over. You can't get that anymore. Right. But I was starting to understand that it's not a lot of you know. Look, people are only going to bang their head off the wall so many times before they start to say this isn't worth it. I keep losing my ass. I don't know. Yeah. I made a video the other day. This woman just kept banging her head into the glass. She just kept doing it over and over again. So now is I it mean, is it where, where is it compared to the high point? Are we halfway or we are you are you asking andrew to get in the cage and you're asking him what inning we're in andrew, no, no what I'm, inning yeah no in? i'm Tell asking to educate me on the breakers <laughs> if you if you know more what, about this what stuff. inning is breaking in yeah I would tell a few, you a few big breakers will survive, in my opinion, but yes. the rest will fall by the wayside. And that's breaking is a lot less about the audience. It's about a few, it's about uh, it's a client service business where yeah. you got to really take care of your big buyers. I would say big buyers are probably eighty percent of their business, and the rest is just more entertainment for the for the room. Um, so I don't I think know this, anybody that I don't know anybody other than a casual. Hey, do you want to buy a spot in an eighty six Fleer pack or something? Right, where you know you're going to get a few Jordans a box. Okay. Um, I don't know people that spend like what are some of the big customers spend do they spend 10 grand a month? Eminence is, grand a month? Eminence is 32, 32,000 a box. I think the biggest issue, and no one's talked about this, is let's say you pull a one of one Trey Lance, right? And you, you're hit, you're so excited. By the time that's already at auction and you're getting your money out, there's probably two or three more one of one Trey Lance is hitting the market at the same time of that same set. They have okay, all these one-of-ones that, that are on top of each other. And that's that the really confuses thing. the market. Remember when one-of-ones were one-of-ones, and now there's like 75 different one-of-ones? And I believe it or not, I took in a card, and we even did a little bit of research, and we took in a card. It was funny. We took in a card. It was my home's card that was a National Treasures, but not an RPA. Shield. It was one of the other ones, and we had it estimated like a million dollars plus. And I contacted a modern consultant, and he was laughing hysterically at me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? That's not that's not the RPA. I was like, what do you mean? It's a one of one. It's National Treasures. It's his rookie year, and it's a, it's a Mahomes one of one. And it ended up being like it's it one of many. Like, I've crossed out the second one and I put one of many, like a go. laundry tag or a yeah. glove or whatever. But it it had everything, and it was like, but you know what? It was like a hundred fifty thousand dollar version. So I was still learning that stuff, and then and then I understood what an RPA is and card number and everything. But it's I didn't think that would last forever because there's too many losers when you're buying. What, what can you get to win in a 7980 OPG box other than Gretzky? It's one card, right? In 86 Fleer basketball, you still have a few George, you still got other rookie cards that if they 10, now I don't know. And again, there's where the grading company comes into play. Card comes out pristine, and I'm not saying they should 10 it, I'm saying they should look at it, right, and grade it accurately. But you've got to get the grade. Those can come out off center too. So yeah, not a Luka business Nation. idea. Marathon episode. This is coming out the week of August twenty second. The nine five mantle is selling heritage twenty seventh into the twenty eighth extended bidding. Even if you're not bidding, which I assume ninety five percent of our audience isn't, I think it would be fun to kind of have like a live tracker on in, in the background. So heritageauctions.com. Uh, you'll be able to see it right there, front and center. There's amazing. I'm expecting a bidding there. war. I'm expecting it to go north of ten. Did you get my Bitcoin? Go. I sent it to you last week, <laughs> about twenty five. I sent you mill to, to buy that card. Hey, guess what? I don't. I don't know anything about crypto. Never bought any of it. I can't. So, I can't buy the card with crypto. I don't know if you can or not. I, I'd have to check our payment plans. I have no idea. Luca Nation. Any final words, Derek Grady? This has been 
I mean, this is this is like this has been a history lesson on cards, hobby, grading. So I'm not one of the young guys anymore. I'm just old. I was a, grew up in the '80s, you know, when it was more simple. But I enjoy it, and this is you can make a career out of this. So back to your point of how do you make a career in it? Open auction catalogs. Go to your local store. Go to shows. Embrace yourself in the hobby. Learn. Learn. Find mentors. Find mentors and people to learn from. You see a battle on someone's table, take it home and research it. Or you don't have to take it home, but take a picture like Cage did and go back and research and educate the seller on the bat. That was pretty cool. I like that. He probably didn't think it was cool. No, he didn't. He probably didn't think it was that cool. (laughs) What is this guy telling me? He runs some podcast. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I... I didn't research it to correct it. I researched it because I would have bought it. If I found out cool information about it, I would have bought the thing. You know, it wasn't the goal wasn't to, you know, I gotcha. It never really is. Yeah, and by the, the way, you're supposed together, to have, you know? you're supposed to have fun with your hobby. And I, and I really think this hobby can be a, a lot of fun. And I, and part of the national that I, that I missed was going, going around the show and, and buying some stuff or looking at every different table and catching up with some people I haven't, I see once a year. You know, I like I, seeing things that you don't see all the time. Um, I said to Andrew, hey, Andrew, you know the story of the Honus Wagner, right? And you know how you know allegedly there's a bunch of different stories. He didn't want to be, you know, have his picture associated with a tobacco product is one of the ones that we get fed as a kid, and that that's why they had it pulled and why there aren't so many of them. And I said, come take a look at this, and it's a 1910, basically the same year, Honus Wagner tobacco cigar ring. Like he's on yeah. a cigar and I'm like, yeah. see, you know, like if I owned the Wagner, I'd buy that. That would be pretty cool. Like it's part of the story. You know, oh, I mean, I'd but- be broke. I'd, I'd spend, if I was a multi-gazillionaire, I would be into everything. I would actually have ultra modern cards. I'd have a little bit of, I'd have a little bit of everything. I, you can talk me into it. That's why, you know, man, if I went to toy shows, I would get into toys and, and want to buy star, buy the stuff I grew up on there. You know what I mean? Like, right. Get an odd get me into all kinds of stuff i'm a collector i got the bug so that's it derek it's been a lot of fun we appreciate you man thank you very much it's been a marathon thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the lucas tigers and bronze oh my podcast um do us a favor and like subscribe now you know what don't just like and subscribe everybody does that if you like us tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your enemies tell everybody And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.